Really? Are you, are you serious? Tell me the truth. The truth? It's only a story. It's not real. It's only a story. Are you serious? This may very well be for real. It's not real, Peter. It's a hallucination. For real? Now lighten up. We've been sitting there all serious and shit. For real? But what am I talking about? Let's get real here. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Are you serious? Are you serious right now? For real? What is real? How do you define real? That's when you know it's for real. Get it? Know that, son. Know that. It's for real. What's up, everybody? And welcome back to For Real, your podcast about documentaries. I'm Special K. And I'm Matt. And here we go yet again. Matt, how have you been? Uh, you know, I've been doing better this week than I was last week. So our cable company, they've had a temporary line at my current location for two years now and they decided to put in a permanent one so they they dug up everybody's yard they're running cable through it and then somehow they managed to cut the line as they were burying it which to me is a real special kind of ineptitude Uh but uh because they did that and they had set all the line they had to figure out what had gone wrong and where and i didn't have any internet or cable uh, all of last week, and my phone doesn't get a signal here. So it was basically like being in the dark ages, which is why we didn't uh, we didn't podcast last week. Uh, it was also Fourth of July, so you know we we had to we had to celebrate what it was like when we first got our liberties before you know people started taking them away again. Speaking of uh, K. K with the with everything going on in the government, I just wanted to know: Do you hate women too, or is that just the government? Uh, I mean, it's I think it's mostly just the government. You know, I, going back to like your internet thing, like you know, we don't have a right to internet. It wasn't in the Constitution. It, it, the forefathers didn't put anything about the internet Constitution. So let's make it clear: you have no constitutional right to, um, well, to the internet. Well, that's well, just how we're, that's how we're doing things now. Uh, that's how we're doing things now. If there's no con- if, if it wasn't there during the Constitution when it was written. That, that's it. It just doesn't, it doesn't exist. Count. So doesn't women's count. rights, yeah, women's yeah, women's rights, internet right, right to access to internet, healthcare, none of that shit's in the original constitution. So, and there's just no, yeah. there's no way to change it. There's just no way to change it. Well, there was, but uh, our fine government decided that the the thing that had been working for the last what was it, fifty years, now was yeah, so- not good enough. Uh, so they had to they had to cut it out because it wasn't good enough. Uh, that whole allowing women liberties thing. I'm sure Texas, uh-huh. as a state, and Florida were walking around with gigantic erections for all of last week, and I hope they uh, they enjoy the fact that once again they've basically brought us back 50 years. Yeah, I think this is all part of the master plan of of making America great again. Um, I think a lot of people would argue that the operative word there is again, because I don't think that we've ever been great for every American at any point in our history. I think until very recently, it sucked for at least one large swath of the population in some way, shape or form throughout our entire existence. Um, Yeah, I mean, if you you think about uh, it as a heterosexual white male. 
let's sit back and enjoy it i guess uh yeah uh it seems like i i i always you know people talk about oh it used to be great you know but back in the day and my dad used to say things like that too and i, I thought about it one time and i'm like dude back in your day like black people still had to sit in the back of the bus and women weren't like afforded basic rights i mean it's insane to me that that was so recent and yet people seem to have forgotten like that if you weren't a white male it wasn't that great well again it's only white men that will say those times were great <laughs> you know if you ask a black man if the uh the 50s and 60s were great they'd say nah not really you know <laughs> not at all and uh and women you know if, if if you ask women from you know that time period they'd say yeah things weren't awesome for us and uh, they didn't start getting awesome uh, until I don't even know when the last five years. I don't have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's still not awesome. Maybe, I, I don't know. I don't have that experience. But it sounds like a lot of people are very upset about the way things are going in this country. And um, you know, I guess this is what it is. Like I said, I, as a, as a as a straight white man, I mean, it's just party party all the time over here. So I guess I'm I'm happy. But yeah, I I I honestly I was. I was so upset by it, especially after watching the Janes and realizing like what a crazy time that was. Uh, and then realizing that we're essentially like not all states. Mm -hmm. Luckily, our state, you know, still believes that women have the right to, uh, you know, choose what goes on with their bodies. But like, it's crazy to me that in other states, this is a this is a thing. It's it's just it's fucking nuts to me. And not only is it a thing. But they actually had laws in place for if this eventuality ever happened with the federal government. Uh huh. It's uh, oh, fucking yeah. nuts. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's some of these laws have been in place for a long time. They've just been kind of chilling, you know, kind of on the books, waiting for something to happen. And this is, I don't know, I don't know where I'm surprised. This is what they've been trying to do for decades. It's not, you know, it's like people are shocked that it happened. It's like, well, this is what they people have been actively trying to do at that level forever so it's no no surprise that they were eventually able to accomplish it giving there was no defense put up whatsoever so i mean uh, i just it's you know i i heard something uh was it today or yesterday i don't even remember where i heard it from but i just i remember hearing that i heard it and i was like well this is so so it's obvious but it's clever it's that uh people make things happen you know like we, we, we like to act like things just happen in the world and they're outside of control, nothing you can do about certain things. It's like for the most part, especially when it comes to like government and bureaucracy, people, human beings make it happen. It's not like just some automatic system that nobody controls. It's people doing shit. That's what this is. This is people doing shit. So uh, the people who don't like this shit do other shit. That's my, that's my suggestion. It's, it's, you know, fund, fund, fundraising isn't the answer here, Democrats. Yeah. <laughs> I hate yeah. to break it to you, but this isn't getting more money for your campaign isn't going to solve this problem. Let's just put it that way. But um, all right. Well, anyway, let's just uh, enough <laughs> from one cult to another. Let's, let's get into this this week's documentary. So we're going to be finishing up episodes three and four of Netflix's docuseries Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey. Uh, it just came out in June. I don't think we mentioned it last episode, but it currently has a 7.4 on 
out of 10 rating on IMDb. And again, the synopsis uh, for the entire series is that it examines the rise of Warren Jeffs in the fundamentalist church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and his shocking criminal case. Where we left off in episode two, Matt, did, Matt, are you caught up on the fact that this is about underage children? Now? Yeah. That this is about child, yeah. child brides and stuff. So, so after our last podcast that I led, when we realized that I didn't finish the episode, which was kind of like not studying for a test that you have to give verbally, <laughs> I, I got, I immediately got off of uh, the podcast and watched watch the episodes that i missed so i'm caught up i i know what happened and i it wasn't it wasn't even a whole episode it was just the last 15 minutes i like went and checked and it was literally 15 minutes i hadn't i hadn't completed so i went and watched all that and it was just like oh my god (laughs) that was insane how did i miss that (laughs) yeah so episode two leaves off um with warren jeff's kind of starting to make his move to uh, Texas to build what they refer to as Zion uh, because the heat, the heat was increasing on uh, his little, his little cult here thing blowing up. So episode three starts with kind of talking about how this, this pressure is increasing on this church or cult. I don't know if we even have a, a response, an answer for that question that we posed last episode. What yeah, the difference no, nobody... is, I'm referring to this as a, I'm going to refer to this as a cult. And um, so the pressure is increasing and Warren is kind of like making himself not around. Like he's not really around very much. If they make it sound like he's back and forth between Texas and Arizona quite a bit during this time, you know, law enforcement, you know, they couldn't really infiltrate this cult. I mean, typically with like a biker gang and stuff, I think the example they gave is you just kind of like, look like a fucking biker and you can kind of infiltrate. Whereas in this situation, like they don't know you. So how are you going to infiltrate a cult that's based on these families and cousins, marrying cousins and shit. Yeah. That's uh, um, that's a so, tough one. Although it seems like the cult doesn't have an issue with numbers. One thing they do mention is that, you know, during around this time, all of a sudden Warren kind of implements this secret police force, like this Gestapo. If you've ever seen the handmaid's tale, it'd be like, um, the eye, I believe they call it, where basically it's like these secret police that are always constantly watching everything you're doing. Everybody's like tattling on each other. It's just it's creating a bunch of just I don't know, just mistrust in the community. Like you don't know who's who's with you, who's against you. People tattling on each other like nuts. There's like cameras everywhere, like every square inch of the place sounded like it was under surveillance. Uh, Warren does end up making this public appearance uh, during a, a church service, I believe. And he does like this public expulsion of around 20 men, all of which had like higher standing in, the, in this community, including some of his own brothers. And all their wives were like, and children were all reassigned to other men. They weren't even allowed to say goodbye to them. It was like, stand up. I'm going to call your name. Stand up. Okay, you're expelled. Get out. Like right now, leave. It seemed like, What's- have you ever seen um, some videos from like, I think it was like North Korea or like uh, Iraq back in the day? during these big parliamentary meetings and they'd, they'd call out names and they'd have them stand up like, okay, you're all under arrest. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. I, you know, when they said they actually used the word reassigned and uh, okay, I yeah, was yeah. like, 
Yeah, you know you're in a cult when they say re- you've been reassigned to a new family. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, they've been what? That's, uh, you can do that? How does that, how does that work? I don't, it's just like, hey, you're my dad now. I mean, and, and how do you think that guy feels? He's like, oh, I'm suddenly the proud father of 23 more children than I had before. That's, that's great. My, uh. I'm going to have to get a third job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so. I, I just, I, I don't, I don't understand later in the episode, they kind of get into it too, but like, so I guess, and I spoke about this previously, I, I don't understand how people were like going along with this stuff. Like to me, in my mind, I just, it doesn't make sense to me. Like they said in the other episodes, we mentioned briefly last, last episode, you know, these people there, they thought they were like risking eternal damnation if they went against this, this prophet. Right. So um, I guess that would be the, the impetus to them cooperating. But I mean, imagine being told you, know, you have three wives and 15 children and you're being told, okay, you're expelled from the community. You have to leave. And now this man, this man, this man, each get one of your wives. And subsequently they also get some of your kids. And now your kids have to call that guy, dad, and you can't even like have contact anymore. Like, why would you go? I'd be like, no, nah, roll out. <laughs> it's yeah. wild, let's go. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what, I mean? what the exactly. fuck do you mean? <laughs> Yeah, one through thirty-three <laughs> you know? children. Come with me. Thirty-four yeah, and thirty-five. I, mean, <laughs> I never liked you. Stay, stay in the church. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I, I just, I don't. I, it's, it's unfathomable to me. And then later on, I talk about you know. So he did. He was creating this, this place in El Dorado, Texas, uh, the Yearning for Zion Ranch, which he essentially used to reward people who had initially. It was like if you were really good and you're a really loyal member, you got rewarded with being able to move to this compound in Texas. But eventually it turned into where they were separating all the children from their parents. And like the parents are talking about how this process went, where essentially somebody shows up at your house, they just grab your kids and say, okay, they're going to Zion now. And you just have to like say goodbye forever. Like, yeah. What parent would go, what parent would be okay with that? Well, parent, like, okay, uh, bye. <laughs> I just don't understand. And guys, listen, I've been to Texas. It's not heaven. All right, much closer <laughs> to the other area, much much closer <laughs> to enemy territory than heaven. I'm just saying, it's it's yeah. I hot. just I, I can't imagine. Like, I I, just, I don't know what. How, how, and obviously, their parents were upset. Like the some of the moms were like crying and they weren't happy, but still, they let it happen. I I I can't imagine. Listen, I'm assuming that some of them are close to teenage years or in teenage years, and the parents are just like, thank God, take them away, please. Somebody else is in charge of them now. Great. I uh, <laughs> haven't seen my, I haven't seen my 14th kid in two weeks now, and I'm I have to go find him. I don't know what happened. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm, I'm sure uh, they, there was some they do, logic. They also do uh, mention that. During all this, you know, Warren's under investigation. And it's kind of obvious that he's in a little bit of trouble. So they, they kind of touch base on the fact that some of the members of the church, a lot of the members of the church, or the cult, rather, they thought that Warren had more authority than the president or of the government of the country. That, like, the, God, the government's rules didn't apply to him because he was higher than, uh, than the government. That's, uh, I mean... Well, one of the, one of the women. Okay, so they weren't allowing them to like watch the news and stuff. One of the women said, "Honestly, I couldn't tell you who the president was during that time frame." 
uh uh-huh. what <laughs> what that's uh <laughs> how do, I, I i don't understand how you let yourself get that separated from the reality of life that's to me that's that's well, crazy there are people running around right now today that you can just meet at the public right now in our in our town and if you ask them who the president is they'd give you an answer that's not correct <laughs> so <laughs> Whether whether through uh, lack of knowledge or belief in conspiracy theory, you get quite a few wrong answers. I think just within the general population uh, in some parts of the country. I was going to say whether whether lack of real knowledge or getting your information from Fox News, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know it's neither here nor there. Anyway, so uh, that that then kind of gets it telling more about this this woman named Elisa who points out you know basically her story is she ends up developing this friendship um with this man who was not her husband and uh, as they say basically if a wife has a friendship with somebody it's adultery so well she said she was in love with them yeah uh, i mean even if it's it's a friendship so elisa ends up uh she leaves over this situation she ends up leaving the cult and she goes to the police because she understands that like she has younger sisters and she doesn't want her younger sisters to experience the hell that she experienced being forced into marriage while she was underage. It is through her cooperation with law enforcement that a warrant is able to be issued for Warren um, as an accomplice to rape. And at this time is not it's it is it is at the same time the most shocking and not shocking part of the entire documentary. Because you have this, these people who live such like simplistic, holistic lives. You know, they grow their own food and they're really remu- removed from the rest of society. You know, Warren is like very strict about uh, how they dress and the media they're able to consume. Um, they can't watch movies. They can't listen to secular music. Yet this motherfucker, while he's on the run <laughs> for this warrant, <laughs> he ended up on the FBI's most wanted list. He goes in the room with his favorite wives, which he had a lot to choose from. So I don't know how many there were, but this motherfucker, while he's on the FBI's most wanted list, goes to Disney World, visits Mardi Gras, goes to strip clubs, um, and is just like living his life, like balling out across the country while he's on the run. What the fuck is yeah, that? That's just just bounces. He's he's gone. It's uh, and yeah, I couldn't. When they were saying some of the stuff that he was spending money on, I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. It's unbelievable. Like, he just, you know, because I think to me what was shocking was was part of me thought, like, maybe he's so removed from the situation, like, uh, sanity-wise, that he actually believes he's, like, a prophet and, you know, all, all that stuff. But it, it just turns out he's, like, he's just completely full of shit. It's not, it's not any of that. Yeah. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't believe he's the prophet. He doesn't. He. I mean, he's just completely full of shit. Yeah, I mean, it's he's so hip, fucking so. hypocritical. And you would think that the people around him, like these wives and some of these other members, you would think that they'd be like, okay, well, what? Uh, wait, wait, what, wait, motherfucker, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you doing? Because yeah. as they as they mentioned, you know, during the time while he was on the run, you know, the cult is like collecting money like crazy. Families had like quotas they had to meet like they had to pay a thousand dollars a week you know to to, to ante up for every adult right 
Exactly. For they said every adult. That's fucking nuts. The one guy said that they were sending him some weeks $300,000 a week. I can't imagine blowing through that kind of cash. I guess when you're on the run, you got to pay off a lot of people and pay cash for everything. But fuck yeah, that's a lot. But of it's money. not that it's not like that. Yeah, I was going to say it's not like yeah, I mean, how much does a hotel room cost for the night? I it, even for a month, it's going to be a couple hundred bucks. But he had like Harleys and shit like that. Like it, it wasn't a matter of he was on the run and he needed to spend it to, you know, keep ahead of the law. It was he was just blowing through money like a fucking crazy person. Which is exactly what he was. Um, <laughs> so also, it was also so his that, voice. His voice. Can I can I just comment on his voice for a second? He sure. sounds like Mister Rogers if Mister Rogers was a Satanist. Uh, <laughs> he just sounds he like it's a really like low monotonous voice, but he sounds so fucking crazy when he talks. I'm just it just blew my mind. Yeah, it's. I wonder if that was his actual voice or if that was like his stage voice because it's obvious. Like, the guy's nuts. But you would think that, like, I, I can't believe that's, like, his actual, that's, like, his actual voice. You know what I mean? That's, and, you know, maybe, like you said, maybe it's just a, a stage voice where he uses that because it makes him sound, like, calm and it makes him sound kind of authoritative because he's, he's so, like, relaxed and, like, hey, this is what you need to do. You need to follow my voice and da 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 but, I mean, he, he really does look like a creepy Mr. Rogers. Um, so it was around this time when he was on the run is when they started implementing this, like, taking the children to Texas policy. To me, it sounded like they are taking hostages, <laughs> personally. But yeah. um, Warren ends up, they, he does end up getting caught in, like, the, the funniest, like, if you were to guess prior to watch this documentary hearing the story, if you were to guess how he got caught this would not be on anybody's bingo card. It's so basically he gets caught in a traffic stop outside of Las Vegas, Nevada. I think his brother was the one that was driving, and Warren was eating yeah. a salad in the back seat of his car during the traffic stop. What, the, what kind of circumstance is this? Well, it's it's unbelievable. That's that to me was what like I was like, oh yeah, he's he's fucking crazy because only a, a complete sociopath would be that relaxed when faced with the fact that, yeah, he's about to go to jail for a while. Best case well, scenario, a long while. And listen, but he, he's, he's just eating, eating a salad. He's like, I might not get a salad for a while, so I should probably eat this now. Listen, it is like, the, it is the least, it is the least transport, not the least, I should say the least. There are a lot of dishes that are less transportable, but a salad is like, that is not a, a thing you eat in a moving car. It just isn't. I listen. I I don't eat salad on a in a non-moving location. All right. <laughs> I just I can't I can't imagine being like you know what we're on the run. Go through the drive-through. I need a salad, light onions, <laughs> extra tomatoes. Let's do this. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. So he he does get arrested. He gets caught, and then episode four begins with him going on trial in Utah um, for the accomplice to rape charges. So the defense's strategy. Uh, in this entire thing is basically that this is religious persecution and that Elisa, the star witness, the person, the, the girl came forward and got him, basically got the warrant issued um, and that she's lying, that it isn't true. However, because that's uh, a terrible defense, he's convicted and he's sentenced to 10 years yeah. in prison. 
But while he's in jail, awaiting trial, and after he's convicted, he was still running the entire cult from jail, like from his incarceration. And that was the craziest part to me. I was like, how does I, I don't understand how he's in prison and he's still running this organization that has obviously been tied to pedophilia. Uh-huh. Like how, how is the, how is the, like after you get out of prison, you're not allowed to associate. If you like, say you're a felon, you go to prison. When you get out, you're not allowed to associate with other felons. Right. So how is it? This guy is still in touch with the cult where he was doing the thing that landed him in prison. Well, because how did somebody not other- say, Hey, we're ta- we're taking away your phone calls. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, you would think there'd be some kind of like um, restraint order issued on behalf of like the yeah. court to be like, hey, you can't contact these people because they're potential witnesses to your crime. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I, I mean, I, that's I, just what I was thinking. I was like, how's that? How's that happen? Yeah, he. So I mean, they they'd come and visit him, and he'd you know decree these things from his his visiting booth, <laughs> jail visiting booth, and and give them little words of words of wisdom and direction and they'd like they'd bring a stenographer essentially who would like write down every word he said to go share it with the uh, the other followers and stuff is just like insanity sometime after this and this this part of it to me it, it sounds like I, I don't know what to make of it so we're supposed to talk about it so the police in texas get a phone call from a girl saying she's a 16 year old girl who's pregnant and she's at the Yearning for Zion Ranch in El Dorado, Texas, and that she needs help because she's being abused. So the police and DCFS do a welfare check. And while they're there, they find evidence of underage pregnancies occurring. They said they found the evidence written in notebooks. Now, I don't, all of this seems very wishy washy to me because. First of all, I don't know how in a welfare check they're able to start reading notebooks. And then secondly, well, the initial call is determined to be a hoax from somebody from Colorado. And it's not even a legitimate call well, they, for service. They said that in Texas, if you see like a 14-year-old and she's pregnant, that's evidence of abuse. And that's something that you can immediately move on is how they explained it during the – uh, during the documentary, I don't remember what the the actual law was called, but it's something like, like I said, if you see an underage girl, she's pregnant. It's obviously crime was committed, and you can move forward from there. But I think like, the initial she's being abused somehow. But the initial evidence, yeah, though, initially was that they it was found... it was a phone call. No, no, no. But the, but even when they got there, obviously they were um, being, you know, uh, guided by the the cult members. You know, like they were being very restrictive. Yeah. They, wouldn't, they wouldn't let the cops see anything or talk to any of the people. And they said that they, the first indication, the first evidence they found that gave them reason to move further was they found evidence of underage pregnancies written in notebooks. So they basically found the diaries of teenage girls talking about being pregnant. I don't, I, yeah, I, that's, that, I don't that, know how that opens any doors and I don't know how they even got yeah, to that point. You know, I'm mean, questionable. I, I, I don't understand, <laughs> but hey, I you mean know, they if did. If which... it, yeah, fuck that guy. He doesn't. He doesn't deserve rights. <laughs> so um, the cops end up raiding the compound, and in all, they end up removing four hundred and sixteen kids. Now, I kind of, I vaguely remember this being in the news at the time. Like, I didn't prior to watch this documentary, I wasn't too aware of what had happened. I 
I remember hearing something about all of this before, but I hadn't really paid attention. But I do recall vaguely um, when the when the kids were removed uh, from the compound in, in Texas, there was like a, a big like media thing about how like the government was overreaching and this was religious persecution and they're separating these kids from their their mothers and their parents and how like there's there's some public outcry do you recall you do you remember any of that we didn't really watch the news in my house i i don't know why well we only had three channels that worked so (laughs) i mean it depends you know who who fucking knows if the news was on one of those uh so we didn't really watch we didn't watch a whole lot tv in my house we we didn't we didn't do that you know the the church or the cult goes on this big uh, PR push, and they basically, like I said, they use the media to push this religious persecution angle as to why the kids got taken away. And then Texas, as we find out, Texas does. You don't mess with Texas until you do, and then they stop doing what they're supposed to do. So it doesn't look good for the government. This whole angle of the, the religious persecution and separating kids from their parents. So. The Texas DCFS ends up returning all these kids to their parents. Again, wild. That's fucking crazy. I, I, I just, I don't, I get that it didn't look good for them, but I mean, come on. Like, fight a little harder. Just a little bit. So, somebody higher up was like, oh, this is going to, this is going to reflect negatively on me. We got to, we got to get the spotlight off us real quick. <laughs> so. It's, uh, it's such bullshit. So, Elisa and another girl named Rebecca, who is you know, featured earlier in the other two episodes, they end up traveling to Texas to assist law enforcement in searching the ranch because they're sure that there's some kind of record keeping system. They just don't know where it would be necessarily. So they figure we'll get somebody that used to be in the cult to come out and kind of help us take a peek. So they do uh, travel and assist. And a lot of uh, attention is focused on this temple that was built. Now, I'm not an architect uh, and I'm not particularly creative. I'm terrible at like interior design, but this temple that was built, which was supposed to have been according to the cult, the most like sacred place on the entire earth. And it was supposed to be like the holiest of land possible. And just this beautiful, remarkable structure. It looked tacky as fuck. <laughs> that temple looked like trash, man. It looked like it looked terrible. what did you think about the temple? I don't know. I like, I- I liked all the white inside. It looked, it looked kind of glowy. It, I don't know. It looked, it looked good to me. Oh, I think it looked. I assume food and drink was not allowed in, but uh, yeah. Besides that, I I think it looked pretty glowy. I liked it. No, I, I, I... listen. If I was gonna build a temple to to worship basically me, I think it'd be. I think I'd probably have to throw a little bit more color in, but teach his own. You know. No, well, I wouldn't have chose Texas. So. I wouldn't have chose West Texas. <laughs> yeah. No. First of all, location, 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 guys. <laughs> they said they had some some of the people outside pulling out cactuses. Yeah. Fuck that. That if you if you have to remove cactus or cacti so that you can set up your heaven, you you got you got your GPS coordinates off. Yeah. Um, so like I said, they do start searching the temple and they show like some pictures and video from inside the temple during their search here. And uh, one thing that stood out, obviously, is the ceremonial bedroom, which just before they even tell you what happens in there, and we're going to go into it, but you can tell. Yeah, you know what happened. You can tell that that room was host to many horrors. You know what I mean? Like, just, you can feel the vibe. You just feel the vibe just in how it looked. 
fucked up. Um, so they, they do find the treasure trove um, of information in the basement. It's like this vault, and it contains all kinds of records and recordings. And uh, this, this is the part where I have probably the biggest gripe with this documentary. We talked about this previously. I think it was in Fahrenheit 9-11, where there's a way to do certain things that are uh, graphic and difficult and like it's just like gross you know we've covered documentaries that have like tackled Mm -hmm. difficult subjects and have featured you know pretty shocking content i i i think this probably is the most shocking that we've uh encountered thus far but there there is a way to do certain things in documentaries i don't think that this next part was necessary uh at all because listen they did a great job of explaining how much of a shitbag this dude was, I believe them. You know, I, I don't doubt he was a fucking shitbag. They don't need to play these audio tapes in this documentary. I gotta be honest. This next part was just like way not necessary. And see, for me, I felt the complete opposite. Like, okay, let me, let me just say that the audio tapes were disgusting and I felt horrible uh, listening to them. Uh-huh. On the flip side, this guy still has followers throughout the United States. I feel like if this prevents one person from being a follower of this piece of shit, the audio, t- audio tapes were worth it. It's terrible. It's it's awful that it happened. But I feel like it's awful that people still follow this guy after all this has come to light. Well, you know? yeah, and I think the reason why they, they included the audio tapes is because it was – kind of the linchpin for his um his charges in texas um and just to just to be very clear with the listeners if you haven't watched this documentary or docuseries yet uh, the audio tapes we're referring to are audio tapes of warren jeffs uh having sex uh sex sessions i guess we'll say with some of his wives one of which was 12 years old and uh the audio for that incident is played you don't hear her at all thank god but you do hear warren jeffs yeah um, thank god pant- oh. like, like, like panting uh midst uh midst sex so it's um it's very unnerving and it's disgusting i i think it was i don't know man i don't know if it was necessary i get what you're saying that if it prevents you know if it, if it helps share shed the light on the reality of what this fuck bag was doing I guess I get it from that respect, but goddamn, dude, that was it was rough. No, it yeah, it was no, it was real rough. It was I mean it was horrible, but I, I feel like it was necessary. So, um, like I said, he is charged with uh, you know sexual assault of a minor in Texas. He's extradited and convicted. Uh, they said basically once the jury heard these tapes, it was like that was it. It was game over. Like that, that it was just slam dunk. He's getting convicted. Like, there's just no fucking way he's going to get off after they hear these tapes. So other records show that they were seized um, that Warren Jeff oversaw 67 underage marriages. He had himself 78 wives, 24 of which were underage at the time they were married. So real, real piece of shit. And he was justly sentenced to 120 plus years in prison so once he finishes his 10-year stint in in utah 
he gets to serve the rest of his life essentially in uh, in a Texas prison. I'm shocked they didn't try to execute him because Texas will kill you for anything. So, yeah, that's that was my thought too. I was like, God damn, Texas will execute you for jaywalking. How did he not get the death get death sentence? <laughs> yeah, I, again, if ever I, I am typically anti death penalty. But in certain situations, I could be talked into it. I think, I think, I think John, I, I think John Wayne Gacy and Warren Jeffs are two people that you could convince me to support it. Uh, to be honest, it, it wouldn't be a tough argument. Yeah, I, I could be talked into it in certain situations. So uh. the documentary kind of ends. It does point out that, as you said, that to this day there are still thousands and thousands of of uh, FLDS members who still follow Warren and still believe that he's the prophet and don't believe what the doesn't be, don't, they don't believe what he was convicted of. They think the government was lying. It's religious persecution. He's a martyr. And then some of these women who have left the cult, you know, at various times or since it happened, some of them have like children that are still in the cult. That they haven't seen. I think the one lady said she has like eight kids that are still so inside hard. the cult. Again, I don't. Yeah, that's gotta be terrible. I, I, I guess, I guess, I don't understand like how that would work. Like, can we set up? Can somebody set up a GoFundMe for like family, family lawyers to go get custody of these kids? Like, what, 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 what else do you have to prove? It's a fucking sex cult. It's an underage sex cult. Can, can we not? You know what I mean? Like, it should be an easy case to win. Yeah. I would think. Well, I, I think the issue is that they're not kids anymore. Like, it's been so long, but like all these children were raised in that cult. So they don't, they don't know any better. They, they didn't know there's something better out there or that it's not okay to be married at 13. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, it's fucked up, but I mean, it's, it's like, how do you, how do you get them out of there? Yeah. You know, as adults. All right. So the episode four, um, ends the entire docuseries ends here. And I, I don't know why they did this and I've, I've got to bring it up because it's just my pet peeve, but they do this, they recreate this scene with this trailer. And I, I get the visual. I understand the metaphor of it all, where she loads her whole life into this trailer as they're driving down the road, the doors open up and everything fell out. And it's kind of like she has to start fresh and start over and leave all, all that shit behind. I, I get that. It's a nice story. It's a nice visual. But throughout the entire docuseries, all four episodes, they don't do they don't do any of this. They don't do any of this bullshit recreation nonsense. They don't do n- none of this. Why for the last two minutes they decided they needed to do this nonsense? I I don't get. You could have just told the story. I didn't need the the recreation with the goddamn trailer. I don't know why they did that. I you know I I could have told them you were gonna hate that, but uh, I forgot come, to email them before. Come on, man. You know. Uh, come on. <laughs> so that is uh that is episodes three and four. The conclusion of uh keep sweet pray and obey overall matt what did you think of this uh, docuseries i thought it was good like i i hate you know it's one of those things where i know it's good because i hated it uh i hated all the subject matter i was glad i watched it because i had no knowledge of it whatsoever mm-hmm. but uh like it, if i didn't hate it <laughs> if i didn't hate it when i was done what was the point of me watching it you know it's 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 a hard subject, and if when you finished, when you're finished, you don't feel like disgusted. They didn't do a good job covering it. 
that's my that's my two cents. I, I agree. I think that um, yeah, in a situation subject matter such as this, if they've made a compelling argument and if they've presented the story in a compelling way, then yeah, I mean you should leave mm-hmm. it feeling disgusted by it. So yeah, I agree with that sentiment. Um, I think it was very well done. Again, I don't know understand some of the choices they made before, but. Overall, though, it was good. I mean, I would recommend it. I think that it is a tough watch, just again based on subject matter alone. But um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, overall, episode four is a shit show, guys. <laughs> um, and then just a little, just a little. Um, where are they now? So I, I guess because the documentary docu series is doing so well, I saw recently. I think it was like a, an article on TMZ or something where. Um, Warren Jeffs just had a, a more updated mugshot taken and released to the public. And uh, spoiler alert, guys, he's not aging backwards like his father was supposed to do either. And also, there's a story, there's an accompanying article that talks about how basically where he's at in Texas, they have him locked down like 22 hours a day. He's not allowed to have any kind of interaction with other inmates. Um, so it sounds like he's living a pretty uh, miserable life, which. Uh, you know, that's good. That's, that's what he earned his own his own little personal Zion piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, like, and and I I don't. I mean, I feel like that's borderline torture keeping him locked down that much. But if it keeps him away from people that he can take advantage of, well, that's that's life, guys. Sorry. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, I think you can make the argument. I think you can argument can be made that he he's still. Because because of the nature of his crime and the nature of his control um, of that group of people, I think you can make the uh, uh, a reasonable argument that his access to the public or his being able to access the outside world poses a potential risk, right? So because he's able to exert so much control even from yeah. the confines, so I think yeah, it's it, it does sound um, somewhat cruel and or unusual. Uh, to have somebody locked up in a cage that, that long at a time, but uh, I think the... it's, it's a little Guantanamo Guantanamo Bay, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna it's not gonna affect the way I sleep. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, that's true. No sleep, no sleep loss over him. But uh, yeah, overall, how many um, how many beers did you give it to watch it again? Oh man, that's a tough one. So, like I said, it was episode four was real tough. Uh, so. You're going to want to drink three beers in episode four. It's a great documentary, and I think you should watch it. But you're going to want to you're going to need some Irish courage around episode four. That's that's my that's my my input as far as that goes. I would say because of how it gets how it goes from um, zero to I say zero to sixty episodes one through three, and then from sixty to a hundred and three to four. I'd say you need a beer per episode, and at the start of episode four, do a double. You need a double shot of something strong, and that'll get you through. That'll get you through. Yeah, it's uh, that episode four, man. I uh, I was I was watching it last night, and I was just like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> how, how long does this tape go on for? Uh, I don't want to listen to that for very long. Yeah, it's, and, uh, it's- then I, when it was over, I was like, "Yeah, I still can't. I still can't get over that. That's gonna. That's gonna, that's gonna be in my mind the rest of this documentary. I hope he's unhappy somewhere." 
yeah, so that's that is that is it. That's our coverage of this docu series. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe, rate, and review wherever you guys get your podcasts. We really appreciate it. Uh, leave a comment, you know, wherever uh, helps with the algorithms. Uh, puts us, you know, closer to the top. Check us out on the socials: socials, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Twitter's at for real pod. Questions, comments, complaints. We're going to be a guest on the show. That is cancel the podcast. Cancel the podcast at gmail.com. So we are going to have one more episode for the summer here. And then we are going to take a little summer break, a little summer vacay, as uh, everybody else is uh, apt to do. And we will be returning in the fall. But we have one more episode for you guys before we do that. I just want to give you the heads up that we have one more episode before our summer break. And then we'll finish up the 2022 season in the fall. Kay's getting his boobs done. Yes, sir. So... That's we need some time off. <laughs> yeah, dude, gotta get that, gotta get that beach body, the summer, the summer beach body, a little bit too late, but better late than never. Yeah, I think I think now's a good time for you know. Before this was a little cold. I actually went swimming with my kid today, and uh, let me tell you, that water was cold as shit. <laughs> so it's 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 still it's still be a little brisk out there. Perfect time. But anyways, as always, I'm Special K, and I'm Matt. We'll see you guys next time. Later!